member of the church here, but also I work at the Irish Baptist College. And uh, because of that, I'm leading the service this morning and introducing you to the work of the college. And there'll be two students sharing with us. Uh, Ode, who comes to the church, uh, will be talking to us and sharing a little bit about what she did during the summer. And also Richard uh, will be speaking to us. He'll be preaching to us later. That song, you know where it's from, don't you? Psalm 100. Make a joyful noise to the Lord, all the earth. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come into his presence with singing. Know that the Lord, he is God. It is he who made us, and we are his. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him. Bless his name. For the Lord is good, his steadfast love endures forever, and his faithfulness to all generations. We'll sing that song a wee bit later, but for now we're going to give praise to God as we think about one of the ways in which he has shown his goodness to us, and that's through the sending of his son, the Lord Jesus, and Christ's resurrection from the, from the dead. So let's sing together. How can it be the one who died has borne our sin through sacrifice? Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Let's rise to sing.
thank you that we can come together with praise and in thankfulness. We thank you, Father, that we can praise you for your Son, the Lord Jesus, the one who died for us and the one who was wonderfully raised from the dead. And Lord, we marvel that the power that raised Christ from the dead is at work in us. Lord, we pray this morning that you would forgive us our sins and cleanse us as we come to you. We pray that you would guide all our thoughts, all our actions, all our words, all our intentions. Lord, deliver us from evil. Lord, may your kingdom come amongst us this morning. Lord, we pray that you'd be with us, that you would help us in all that we would do this morning. We think about the children leaving us shortly. Pray that you'd be with them and their teachers. Lord, for all of us, we pray that you would fill us with your spirit and that you would lead us. And we pray this all in the name of Jesus, our Savior. Amen. Now, as we're thinking about the Irish Baptist College this morning, we're going to take a couple of minutes to look at life at the Irish Baptist College. So get in your motor cars, come out the motorway as far as Junction 9, as far as Mora, and see what goes on in the college. the IBC with a desire to study God's Word more, and my time here has not only increased that desire, but it has instilled in me a greater appreciation for His Word. I have gained or been equipped with the tools to better handle His Word, and through the preparation for ministry course, I've been able to develop the gifts God has given me to serve Him better when I live here.
is with storms. I came here to expand my understanding of scripture and I just love uh, the way teaching is done here at the college. I, I love the fact that we have a wide variety of teachers and they're all different and yet they all have the same passion and uh, the same dedication in the way they, they do uh, classes. So I really, really enjoy being here and uh, among other things, I really enjoy uh, the fun we have together with other students here at college. snippet. If you want to find out more, obviously, you can talk to myself and the other students who are here this morning. And we have a few copies of the prospectus, and they're on the entrance porch on the way in, and you can find out more about the courses that are on offer. Now, I'm going to ask Tim to come and give us the announcements, and as he does that, uh, the young people will leave for their, uh, I keep saying children's church. It's not called children's church anymore, Nigel. It's called junior church. Okay, you can leave for junior church. Thank you. morning just to run through the announcements for the week ahead uh, we meet again at seven o'clock this evening you'd be welcome to join us as david continues the walking the walk series and on wednesday evening we have small groups that meet in various locations around the city and if you've never been to one you're most welcome to come and if you'd like to find out where the nearest one to you is please do speak to any of us afterwards 10 15 thursday morning it's parent and toddler group on friday evening at 7 30 across the road in 127 malone avenue it's missionary prayer group next saturday morning the first saturday of the month we're having a prayer meeting at number 14 at half eight and the next Sunday starts off with 10.15 transit with breakfast. And then 10.30 and 7, uh, we have our services and Claire meeting during the evening service. A couple of other announcements. As we announced last week, the youth program flyers are available. I think they are actually available this week. So that was last week was just to whet your appetite. Um, so the wider church family, if you have no connection with youth whatsoever, apart from distant memories, um, you can still pick up a program. And to remind you of what's going on in the church from the youth point of view as a prayer guide, or alternatively, if you have somebody you would like to invite along, it uh, gives you that as an invite. Uh, announcement I forgot to put on the slide is that Peter Tate's prayer letter is available to pick up in the porch. And uh, big congratulations to Charles Beatty, who has passed his PhD. Uh, those are all the announcements, and the offering will now be received. And during the offering, we're going to show videos of last week's baptism, since the uh, tech failure last week didn't allow us to. So I'm hoping when I press this button, and um, the technology works to allow us to have a look at them this week.
Thank you very much for that. Now, I'm going to speak to one of our students, and it's, I'm going to get the pronunciation completely wrong. It's Ode. No, it's not. Uh, sorry, is that working? Uh, hopefully. Uh, it's... Is it? No. No. Go over to this one. Okay. And then you can come here. It's okay. Yeah. That's working? Yeah. That's right. Okay, give me the right pronunciation, because you're on the screen, the right pronunciation of your name and surname. Oud, but it's a French name, so you couldn't pronounce it anyway. No, I know. <laughs> and what's your surname? Ingrid. Okay, okay. <laughs> okay, so Oud, you're from Paris. Yes, that's right. So this is your second year of college. Yes. And it's Sundays in term time you come to Windsor here, is yeah. that right? Been doing so for about a year, yeah. I think, something yeah. like that. And we heard a little bit about uh, why you came to college. Um, well, tell us again, why come from Paris to Irish Baptist College? Um, What's the connection? Is there a connection? 
My pastor studied at the Irish Baptist 30 right. years ago, so right. that's the connection. Right, right, that's right. So about 40 years ago from memory? Yeah. I wasn't there then. Um, <laughs> right, he's from, interesting story, he's from Spain and his wife, she's from France, France isn't France, yes. That's yes. right, so that's how they ended up. I'm not quite sure how they ended up in the college, but that's how Ode ended up in the college. So you're going to tell us a little bit now about what you did uh, during the summer, isn't that right? Yes. Because you were in Palestine. Yeah. So over to you. Oh, thank you. Yes, so this summer I had the opportunity to go back to Israel after eight years. And you have pictures here on the, at the back. Um, and you, might, you may wonder why would you ever go uh, there in the first place. I, as I went to Israel with a group of, of people, uh, we visited uh, Nablus, which is in the West Bank, and also went to a refugee camp named Asker. Uh, it's probably the place where Jesus met the Samaritan woman at the well. Anyway, we went to this refugee camp where there is nothing. You can, um, oh no, there's no picture here. Uh, and there's nothing, but there was a, a center, a social development center, as it's called. Um, and the people, the director, here is on the picture in the middle, Amjad um, had a vision for the children, for them not to be idle, uh, but to have something to do, uh, to be engaged in activities and games in summer camps. And I found this very, very good and spent a few days there with, with them, with the families, the, the children, the, the women. And I discovered many things about them, uh, very distinct uh, things that I was very surprised about and for example they they engage in very deep uh, they don't talk about the weather they talk about life death uh, the world we live in they ask you so what's your dream in life and stuff like that um, a little bit like you they crack jokes all day long and they really uh, they're really fun to be with and they also uh, drink tea. Whatever they're doing, they drink tea every two hours. Uh, so you have that in common. And uh, so I, I really enjoyed my time, but I went back to France and, and they had the opportunity to come to Paris. So they visited uh, Paris with me and met my friends, my family, the church. So that was a very interesting uh, encounter. Many good things came from this. And the summer when I went back, they had uh, a program for me, and we visited the Samaritan uh, village, which is near Asker. We went to Joseph's tomb. And as I went there, I was praying for an opportunity for me to share more about uh, my faith and, and Jesus. And this came through their questions. They had lots of questions to ask. And since we had built this trust, it was okay to talk about this. So one, one day when we went to uh, have lunch after visiting Joseph's tomb, um, they asked me, uh, just before having the first bite, they asked me, so what about the cross? What's that all about? And this is how the conversation started. So we had a whole hour of conversation and they were asking all the questions. And uh, they had a Bible, so once I, I said, oh well, you know, it's in the Bible. And they said, okay, here. Here's the Bible in Arabic, and I was like, okay, uh, I didn't know what to do. But um, 
the, there are questions basically I'm going to ask them and you can imagine how you would have answered was um, so what about the cross why would you wear a cross around your neck why is the Pope so important for you um, how can you say that Jesus is the son of God that's blasphemous um, how can you say that Jesus is both the Son of God and uh, the Word of, of God? Um, and so they had all these questions. And the most, uh, the question that was really burning their heart was, why don't you believe in the Quran? Uh, so that was a very, very intense question. And um, I shared with them a verse from John, uh, John 14:6. So I'm going to read it. Uh, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. And I really hope that as they remember everything, they, they remember everything uh, they did in France, they remember all the conversations, and I hope that they, this word will stay in their heart and that the Holy Spirit will, will break in and, and speak to them. Uh, this is my, my prayer. Um, so this is second year in college you have another year to do yes. isn't that right yeah. have you any idea what you might be doing after college well uh, I'm doing my placement this year with Wycliffe uh-huh. I love languages uh-huh. I love yes. uh, I love Bible translation uh-huh. all the translation in general and, yeah. and Bible translation so, so that could be something like that yeah. okay good thank you very much thank you so pray for other students as they go through college just that the Lord would guide them as to what they do after college. We're going to move into a time of communion in the service now. And um, communion is an integral part of our service in Windsor. And we invite all who know and love the Lord Jesus as Savior and are seeking to walk in his ways, whether you come here on a regular basis or not, to join with us. And uh, when we come to the part where we'll be passing the bread and wine around, If you don't wish to participate, you just pass the bread and wine to the person beside you, and there will be other people who will be doing that as well. But as we move to communion, we're going to sing a song which I think is well-known and expresses some of the thoughts that we have as we think about the death of Jesus on the cross, when I survey the wondrous cross. So we're going to stand and sing this song together. Count but loss 
Let's pray together, giving thanks for the bread and wine. Lord, we thank you for this bread that reminds us of the body of Christ broken for us. We thank you too for the cup which reminds us of the blood of Christ spilt for us. May we take it thankfully, remembering what it means, committed to love him more who first loved us. Help us to do that this morning with all our heart, with all our soul, and with all our mind. So be with us, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. The table of the Lord is spread, and it is for those who will come and see in broken bread and poured out wine symbols of his life shed for us on the cross and raised again on the third day. The risen Christ is present amongst his people, and here we meet with him. It's for those who know him a little and long to know him more. And we invite all who are seeking him and all who are weary of their sin and doubt to come and share in this feast.
The Lord Jesus, on the night he was betrayed, took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, after supper, he took the cup, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. For whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes.
what I'd like to do now is um, take a little bit of time to talk about college and to give you an update before we pray for college and for some other things as well and um, explain maybe some of those bits of paper that are lying in the in the um, in the pews in front of you I think it's always good as we come together as a church as we have communion as we worship together to think about the wider world and to think about the world beyond ourselves and college is one of those ways in which we think about if you like the wider Christian community because uh, here at Windsor we're involved with the Association of Baptist Churches across Ireland Um, we're part of 114 churches who do certain things as a group of churches that individual churches couldn't do and one of those is to have a have a theological college Uh, and Windsor maybe it's not quite right geographically but you get the general idea that we're all working together uh, and uh, uh, and, and, and supporting each other. One of the ways we do that as well is there's a magazine. Uh, I sometimes uh, get up to the front and uh, advertise this a little bit. So I'm advertising it again this morning. And there are a few copies at the back if you'd like to take away a copy and have a look at. Um, to get information about college, about Baptist missions, about Baptist youth, and the other things that have been happening. But it's, it's good for me to thank you as a church for your support of me in my role at the college, us as a family, but also for your support of the college. And that's been, uh, that's been over many years, many decades. Um, and the church has been very involved with Irish Baptist College in terms of teachers, students, committee members, all sorts of ways. So there's quite a, a strong link between Windsor and the college. But what's been happening this year? Well, those are some of the folk who started college in September. Um, our undergraduate folks who came in, you'll see our preacher there hiding in the background somewhere. Does this point? It does. There he is there. You'll see Richard in a minute. Um, and uh, our postgraduate intake as well. We had 18 undergraduates, 13 postgraduate students who came in, um, as well as those core programs, if you like, in the college. As I say, the prospectus gives you information on those. There are also the evening classes. Um, taking place in Mora, in Milltown, in Belfast, Bellamina. New one this year, this past year, Letter Kenny, which is not quite an evening class. It's a weekend class. Happens six weekends in the year, and it means that there's really it's very busy. If you've ever been to the Baptist Centre during the day, um, out the motorway, as you saw on the the video, uh, it's really quite busy. There's a bit of a buzz. Thursdays are our busiest days, um, and. All in all, there's nearly 250 students that we have enrolled for different courses. So what do those people look like? Well, some of them look like this. These are some of our graduates over the past few years who are working in different places now. Um, just want to highlight uh, a few folk for you, to, for you to, um, to see. Daniel Ashby is working with Great Victoria Street Baptist Church just down the road um, as a sort of a evangelism uh, uh, and uh, youth worker um, Peter Lawther you may remember Peter did a placement with us two years ago anyway maybe three he's now pastor of Carrick Fergus Baptist Church um, Stephen Wilson a lot of you won't perhaps know Stephen but Stephen's just started in the Letter County Baptist Church 
um, you recognise Ho, Ho graduated summer past. Him and, um, and Laura Jane and Joseph are now in, and I'll get the name wrong, Sapporo, isn't it, in Japan, learning, learning how to speak Japanese again. I'm sure they did it very well, but they need a refresher. Um, uh, Amy, Logan, another of our graduates working with OM. So folk from all over go to all over. And um, it's encouraging to see that. A figure which statistics I like, I like numbers. Um, 18 of our graduates over the past four years have gone into pastoral work of some sort or other um, in different locations. Um, 12 of those have been as pastors or pastoral associates or assistants in our own association of churches. So that's something people always ask to me, are you training people for pastors in our churches? The answer is yes. So if anybody asks you to tell them, the answer is yes. Um, so that's encouraging for us. I hope it's encouraging for you. Part of, the, part of that, the effect of that, and pastors coming not just from the college, but from other places, is that there are not that many vacant churches in our association anymore. It's down in sort of teens, whereas a few years ago it would have been 30s in the 30s. So that's something to praise God for. Um, so as you're sitting there, you're looking at those faces and thinking, well, or some of you at least are thinking, are wondering, does God have a call in my life? To college or to something else? And we've put together this event. There's a, there's a, a piece of paper in the pew, little invite card. If you're thinking... In my life, I might think that God, I think God perhaps is calling me to serve him, but how do, I, how do I explore that? How do I try and work it out? How do I talk to others? And one of the ways we've organized a thing called What's Next, it's, there's a, a special speaker from England, a man who's been pastoring for many years and working in different contexts, uh, Pastor Rupert Brantley Taylor, and there'll be representatives from missions, from youth work, from ladies' work, and so on just for an opportunity to think and reflect, could God be leading me into some sort of service for him? And then if you're really interested in finding out more specifically about the college, another leaflet, open night in April, 8th of April, do come along, find out about the courses, get a tour of the college. At the very least, get to see the building and get to have a drink of coffee and have some scones with us, uh, even if you're not interested in, in signing up for courses. Um, it's great to have you out and have you see the building. It's, it's actually a very nice building full of very nice people. So, and also, you know, some of you think full-time work or courses, not for me, part-time courses, and you can sign up. Details are on our website, and you can sign up for those online. So if you need to know anything more about that, talk to me, talk to Ode, talk to Richard later. And also, I'd like to thank the church very much for your financial support of the college. And as you've given so generously, end of financial years at the end of the month, next Friday, this Friday. So please pray for us that everything will balance. Uh, we're trusting God at will. Um, but one thing I want to bring to your attention for prayer is a thing called the Ministry Partnership Scheme. Have you ever heard the slogan, you know, can't get a job because you don't have experience, can't get experience because you don't have a job? This is trying in a small way to address some of that. What it is, it's a partnership between the college and a church or an organization to give a graduate one or two years placement, part funded by the fund, the scheme, 
and part funded by the church or organization. So we need money in the scheme, so that's the financial bit. We have some. We're hoping to launch it in August this year. Um, so take the leaflet away, use it as a mem- memory, a need memoir. Did I pronounce that properly? Yeah, thank you. For prayer. Um, and, uh, and think about that scheme. We've already interest from a number of churches, more churches than we can actually deal with. Um, and uh, so you can pray for that. That's me just about finished. Thank you so much for your support and prayers for the college. And uh, please, that literature that's in the pew, take it away with you if you're interested. If you don't, if you want to just leave it there, that's fine. I'll pick it up later on today. Um, but take it and think about it and pray for the college. And there's some prospectus, copies of the prospectus available in the entrance porch and copies of the, the magazine as well. So thank you very much for your prayers for the college and your support of the college over many years. What I would like to do now is to just take some time to pray for the college, for Richard who's come to pre- preach to us in a second, and also for a few other Uh, items of prayer. So as we come together now in prayer, let's pray together. Father, thank you for your goodness. Thank you for how you lead us. Thank you for how you help us. And Lord, pray for Ode as she shared with us that you'd guide her for the future. Thank you for Ho and the other graduates we're thinking about. Pray that you bless them in the work which they do. Pray for Richard as he comes to speak to us shortly. And Lord, as we think about our college, we think about ourselves, we want to think wider than ourselves. We want to think, Lord, to other situations. Pray for one of our graduates, Charles Beatty, who's just had success with further study. Pray for your blessing on him and Ruth in their situation in Jos, Nigeria. Pray too for, um, for the Reeds. And pray especially for Andrew as he organizes the Preachers Conference in Spain another of our graduates, um, this coming week. Pray for your help for that. Thank you for the way in which this is training uh, Spanish pastors to be better expositors of your word. So help in that work, we pray. And Lord, we want to think even further outside ourselves. We think about the world at large. Think about Palestine and some of what Ode shared with us. We pray for peace in that region. Pray for peace in Syria. Think of the peace talks that are happening in Geneva and pray that there would be progress. And Lord, we pray too, as is uh, all around the world, people will be remembering the Holocaust. And we think about the, 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 the terror and the horror of that. And Lord, we pray for those who are working for peace in whatever part of the globe that there is conflict. And we pray, Lord, for your kingdom to come. So, Lord, we commit these things to you. Pray that you be with us and lead us in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, that song that we sang earlier, based on Psalm 100, there's a a version, a paraphrase of the psalm called the Old 100th. You all know it, don't you? It goes back to the 16th century. The Gettys have called this the New 100th. So, what I'm waiting to see is, will this last for four and a half centuries as well might but let's rise and sing this together O 
shout for joy unto the Lord, worship Him with gladness. Let all the earth bring songs of praise, telling of His greatness. Know that the Lord we praise is God, He is God our Maker, and we are His a people called sheep within His Oh, enter in His gates with praise, His courts with great thanksgiving. For He is good, His love enters morning after morning. Oh, shout for joy unto the Lord, see the way is open to live in peace beneath his grace every sin forgiven for he who knew no mark of sin took our sin upon him that we might be the righteousness of the god of heaven oh enter in his gates with praise his courts with great thanksgiving for he is good his love endures morning after morning oh shout for joy unto the lord through the hours of darkness for day by day his faithful hand stays upon us with every morning rise we kneel all our lives we offer to be a living sacrifice holy to the Savior oh enter in his gates with praise his courts with great thanksgiving for he is good his love endures morning, oh, enter in his gates with praise, his courts with great thanksgiving, for he is good, his love endures morning after morning. Thank you. Thank you, Richard. Now, I'm going to introduce Richard to you before he comes and speaks to us. Richard, um, this is your potted history. Tell me if I'm getting it wrong. You're from Coleraine. Uh, you studied in England. Uh, worked there as an engineer for a number of years. Uh, you're married to Stephanie. Stephanie's not from England. She's from here. Is that right? From Coleraine so too? From Portrush. Portrush. You're okay. doing so well. <laughs> That's right. Uh-huh. I know all our students so well. Um, you have three children. Yep. I don't know their names. I don't remember uh, Isla. Yes, uh, two two boys before Isla, Matthew and Ethan. Right, ages? Five, three, and one. Five, three, and one. Hence the the kind of dark rings and and all that. So tell us how you came to college. Well, uh, as as you say, we've been living and uh, working over in England for a couple of years. Uh, I was working as an engineer and staff uh, for local government. Uh, But we'd we'd wanted to try out and test a a call in our lives to to do church work. And so I worked for a church over there for, for three years. Uh, and then we wanted to come back to, to Northern Ireland, um, partly for personal reasons, partly to, 
uh, to get back among the churches here. Uh, and so Irish Baptist College was the, the kind of obvious choice. So you're with us for a year, and then after that, thinking of? Hopefully uh, back into to pastoral work, church work. Okay, okay, okay. Now you have an interesting Windsor Baptist Church connection. Tell us about that. That's right. My, um, well, my grandfather was, uh, was the pastor here back in the 60s. I don't, don't know if anyone other than you, Nigel, would, uh, would have been here at uh, that time. Oh, I'm going yeah, to pay, I'm gonna pay for that. Who remembered Pastor George Blaney mm. um, in the congregation of few. Yeah, yeah, but not me. Yeah. I wasn't here at that do, uh, time. Do you scrambly apologize? That's okay. <laughs> Richard, I'll leave you to preach. Thank you. Pardon our, uh, our sneaky negotiations there. Um, if you have uh, a Bible, um, please can you turn up Philippians chapter 1. Uh, if you've got one of the, uh, the church Bibles, it's uh, page 1178. Philippians chapter 1. Get to Hebrews, you've gone too far. If you're still in Corinthians, you haven't gone far enough. Philippians chapter 1. And uh, let me read the first 11 verses. Paul and Timothy, servants of Christ Jesus, to all the saints in Christ Jesus at Philippi, together with the overseers and deacons, Grace and peace to you from, our, from, our, from God, our Father, and the Lord Jesus Christ. I thank my God every time I remember you. In all my prayers for all of you, I always pray with joy because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now, being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. It is right for me to feel this way about all of you, since I have you in my heart. For whether I am in chains or defending and confirming the gospel, all of you share in God's grace with me. God can testify how I long for all of you with the affection of Christ Jesus. And this is my prayer, that your love may abound more and more in knowledge and depth of insight, so that you may be able to discern what is best and may be pure and blameless until the day of Christ, filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ, to the glory and praise of God. This is God's word. Let's uh, pray as we uh, come to study it together. Father, we, uh, we thank and we praise you for the work that you've done and, and the work that you are doing in our lives. Uh, we pray that you would continue your good work in us now as we come under the authority of your word. Please apply it to us by your Holy Spirit, to make us more and more like your Son, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Well, I wonder how you feel about church. Uh, not the church, not the kind of international, global church, but, but your own local church. I guess for almost all of us here in the room, it's Windsor Baptist. Uh, do you ever wish that the, the sense of fellowship was stronger, uh, or that uh, you served each other more deeply or more intently, uh, or that you had more joy? I imagine you can probably think of things uh, that you really love about church uh, and things that uh, you, would, you would maybe make some, uh, some improvements. Maybe you could uh, think of some things you could do better. Uh, as a visitor, it's really easy for me to sow a dangerous seed like that among you because I'm going to go away. Uh, but I dare say if there's an uprising or a great deal of trouble, Nigel will make sure uh, I get my fair share uh, back at the college. Um, this morning we're going to look at this New Testament letter of Philippians uh, where we find Paul writing to a local church 
to encourage them, to tell them that they're doing well, uh, but also uh, to tell them the things that they could do to make, to make things even better. And what he has to say then to the Philippian Christians uh, is exactly what we need to hear as well, uh, even so far removed uh, in distance and in time and in culture. So please do uh, keep Philippians 1 open. I'm going to ask you to look at it with me uh, several times over the next uh, 15 or 20 minutes. Here's uh, Philippi, nestled in between Greece and Turkey, right in the middle of the picture where that little red circle is. Uh, And the church at Philippi was pretty special. Uh, It was the first church in Europe. Uh, We can read about Paul's time there in Acts chapter 16, uh, where he shared the good news of Jesus Christ with with the people there. The first believers included a a businesswoman, a fortune-telling slave girl, and a Roman jailer. Uh, So the church in Philippi was, uh, to say the least, a mixed bag, a pretty eclectic bunch, to be honest, uh, certainly right at the start. Uh, Paul's writing from prison, probably under house arrest in Rome, uh, around AD 62, uh, and he'd probably visited the Philippians a a couple of times since his first stay, Uh, and they had maintained an active support for his ministry uh, through prayer, uh, through sending uh, visitors and encouragers, uh, and by sending financial aids. So just to sum up the letter, Paul writes to assure the Philippians of his prayers, uh, to update them on his circumstances, to report on gospel ministry where he is, uh, to offer spiritual encouragement, and to express his heartfelt gratitude for all the ways they support him and his ministry. And that sounds to me really uh, not too far removed from a college Sunday here at Windsor Baptist, uh, as we thank you uh, for your partnership uh, and the partnership of the churches with the college. Philippians is a really positive and encouraging letter with the idea of joy or rejoicing uh, coming through about a dozen times, and we see it already in in chapter 1, and so it's in our big idea for today, uh, which is true joy comes from partnering together in God's gospel project. True joy comes from partnering together in God's gospel project. I just got the two headings this morning, uh, and here they are up on the screen. Paul thanks God for his partners in the gospel, and Paul prays with the priorities of the gospel. Uh, So let's get stuck in with the first of those. Uh, Paul thanks God for his partners in the gospel. Look down, if you would, at uh, Philippians uh, chapter 1 and verse 3, and let's uh, recap a a few of those verses. Paul says, I thank my God every time I remember you. In all my prayers for all of you, I always pray with joy because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now. Being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. Paul makes sure to tell the Philippians uh, that he thanks God every time he thinks of them. Uh, In fact, the original could swing the other way. It could mean that he thanks God every time they remember him. Uh, And in the rest of the letter, we see that they did remember him through those visitors and encouragers, through money and through prayer. Uh, But either way, whoever's remembering whom, uh, in verse 4, Paul could hardly be more excited by them or committed to them. Look what he says. He says, in all my prayers for all of you, I always pray with joy. Uh, But it's not just their kindness uh, or the memory of of good times that that fills Paul with this joy and this thankfulness. It's also their ongoing partnership in the gospel, verse 5. This partnership started the moment they trusted in Jesus, from the first day until now, Paul says. So they partnered with Paul at the moment that they believed his message, his message that Jesus is God's savior king, who offers true peace between us and the creator God, whose authority and whose goodness we have all rejected. Their partnership demonstrates to Paul that their love for Jesus is real, 
because that's what started that partnership. But why does he thank God for the Philippians' love for Jesus? Shouldn't he thank the Philippians themselves or, or commend them in some way? Uh, well, let's, let's read a couple of verses from Acts 16. You don't need to, uh, to look it up. It's just a short uh, section. But this is where Luke records Paul's first arrival in Philippi. This is what Luke says. On the Sabbath, we went outside the city gate to the river where we expected to find a place of prayer. We sat down and began to speak to the women who'd gathered there. One of those listening was a woman named Lydia, a dealer in purple cloth from the city of Thyatira, who was a worshiper of God. The Lord opened her heart to respond to Paul's message. The Lord opened her heart to respond to Paul's message. See, when someone hears about Jesus and commits to love and to serve him and receives that forgiveness, that new life from him, that is always, always God's work. So here back in Philippians chapter 1 and verse 6, he began a good work in you. So the Philippians' ongoing uh, partnership in the gospel is evidence of God's work in them, helping them to believe that gospel, in fact, opening their hearts to it. Don Carson's got a little book on Philippians uh, called Basics for Believers, and he calls partnership uh, a self-sacrificing conformity to a shared vision. Uh, it's really typical Carson. This is just half a dozen words, uh, but already uh, I'm, I've got a headache somewhere about here, and, and I've no idea what, uh, what we just said. Let's go over it again. A self-sacrificing conformity to a shared vision. Well, let's, let's break that down a little bit. For Christians, we know that the vision is the gospel, uh, so Christian partnership is, is some sort of self-sacrificing conformity to the gospel. Well, what does that mean? Well, it means that because we share in God's gospel project, his vision for the gospel, we will invest our efforts and our resources in that project. We're going to invest our, our time and our money and our resources to advance the gospel, both in our own lives, in our fellowship, uh, and as we reach out to the world with the good news of Jesus. It's a bit like that television program, Dragon's Den. It's been around for ages. I guess probably most of us have seen it. Uh, some entrepreneurs come in and, and they've got an idea for a business, uh, some sort of startup, uh, and they say, here's our idea for a project, and we've got a vision to make loads of money. And then one of the dragons will occasionally say, at least once in every show, I think, uh, oh, I like this project. I also have a vision for making lots of money. I'm going to give some of my money to your project, and it will make money for both of us. At least, um, I guess that's what Dragon's Den would be like if all the characters were robots. Um, so the Philippians have invested their efforts and their resources to advance the gospel in their own lives, in their own fellowship, and through Paul's ministry. Uh, by the way, the difference between their investment and business investments uh, is that self-sacrifice. So business investments uh, are all about self-serving, but the gospel is all about self-sacrificing. Uh, gospel partnership is for the good of the project, uh, not for our returns. So where, are we, where have we got to? Paul thanks God for uh, the Philippians' kindness, for their shared memories. He thanks God for uh, their genuine experience of forgiveness and new life in Jesus and he thanks God for their resulting partnership in the gospel. But there's even more. So look down at verse 6 again. God who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. I think it was uh, Magnus Magnuson on, uh, on Mastermind who used to use that catchphrase, I've started so I'll finish. 
uh, you know, the, the buzzer would go, uh, the time was up for asking questions, but if the buzzer interrupted him, he was going to give them the chance to, to hear the rest of that question and the chance to answer. I've started, so I'll finish. And I don't think Magnus Magnuson took his catchphrase from Philippians 1 verse 6, uh, but that is what it says, isn't it? I've started, so I'll finish. God is at work in his people, and he will finish what he has started. What is it that God is doing? He's preparing us for the return of Jesus, for the day of Christ Jesus. He's preparing us to spend eternity in a sinless new creation, in perfect relationship with him and with each other. All that pain and difficulty and heartache and grief and failure and sin that we experience will be gone and forgotten. God is at work now in every experience of every day, good news or bad news, happy times, difficult times, in all of it, renovating our hearts to prepare us for eternity. It's almost here as if uh, God is under contract to Jesus. Uh, The day of Christ, the day when Jesus returns in glory to judge and to, to take his people to be with him, to rule over the new creation, that day is project deadline day. On that day, God will submit us as finished pieces of work God will complete his saving and restoring and renewing work in his people. And Paul's response to all of this is that he is bubbling over with thankfulness, with joy, and also, verses 7 and 8, with deep affection. Let's look at those, verses 7 and 8. It's right for me to feel this way about all of you, since I have you in my heart. For whether I am in chains or defending and confirming the gospel, all of you share in God's grace with me. God can testify how I long for all of you with the affection of Christ Jesus. Philippi was a Roman colony. uh, And I don't think it's too much of an assumption to say that the sophisticated European culture would have prompted people towards a kind of cordial warmth towards one another. Does that sound familiar? Cordial warmth? Let me bring you some warm regards this morning uh, from Irish Baptist College. In fact, warm regards and best wishes. That's that's cordial warmth. But the gospel has grown a really deep Christ-like affection here between Paul and the Philippians. And so it's absolutely right for him to feel like this. You're in my heart, he says. Whether I'm uh, suffering imprisonment or shame uh, or whether I'm out spreading the gospel, uh, we are united as recipients of God's grace, his forgiveness in the Lord Jesus. So God can testify, God knows, as God is my witness, I love you with the affection of Christ himself. Sometimes I think that affection just gets a little bit lost in churches. But we do feel this, we do know this affection. Perhaps on a a summer camp or a short-term mission team or or in a Christian union at school or university, in those intense scenarios where we're brought together together, United in Jesus, to serve Jesus, we can make friends for life. We feel that affection towards our mission partners, though we might go years without seeing them. Perhaps you feel it towards the Irish Baptist College. Uh, And hopefully we do feel it in our churches as well as we grow together, as we serve together, as we reach out with the gospel together. So Paul joyfully thanks God for his partners in the gospel. What about us? Rejoice together. Be thankful for one another here at at Windsor. You are people in whom God has begun a work that he will see through to completion. Rejoice in that. 
and partner up. Invest. Get stuck into God's gospel project. That might be as simple as pairing up with another doctor or teacher or school mum or five-a-side player or student uh, to reach out with the gospel, working together, sharing names of, each, uh, of people you're trying to talk to about Jesus, praying together. It might be that simple. Partner up and invest in the gospel together here at Windsor uh, in your work of belonging and multiplying and serving and going. Partner up with missionaries at home and abroad. Partner up with the college. So Paul thanks God for his partners in the gospel. Secondly, and I promise uh, much more briefly, uh, Paul prays with the priorities of the gospel. Paul prays with the priorities of the gospel. Let's read again uh, down in verse 9. And this is my prayer. So he's told them that he's praying for them. This is my prayer. That your love may abound more and more in knowledge and depth of insight, so that you may be able to discern what is best and may be pure and blameless until the day of Christ filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ to the glory and praise of God. So Paul hasn't just been thanking God for the Philippians. He's been praying for them too. Now maybe Paul has been praying for those exams they've got coming up. Maybe he has been praying that their church minibus would pass its MOT. Maybe he has been praying for those who are sick to get better. But he doesn't mention any of those things. Paul says, no, this is my prayer. That your love may abound more and more. Paul's been uh, feeling the love of the Philippians and sharing in that deep affection with them. But he wants their love to keep on growing and growing. Uh, I'm going to use a, a really slightly uh, naff, uh, cheesy sort of uh, analogy of this. But he wants it to grow more and more like a, like a vine, like a great climbing plant. You'll see where we're going with this in just a minute. Just uh, stay with me. That your love may abound more and more in knowledge and depth of insight. So Paul wants that love to, to grow and grow like, a, like some sort of vine, some sort of great climbing plants. And as it grows, their love will need to be supported. It's going to be supported by this knowledge and depth of insights. Knowledge of God, knowing God, knowing the gospel. But why knowledge? Well, verse 10, so that you may be able to discern what is best and may be pure and blameless until the day of Christ. So Paul wants the Philippians to have that love that is growing Shaped and supported by right knowledge. Why? So that they can grow in the right direction. This is the, the flip side of that work that God is doing in them to make them ready for eternity. Paul calls on them to work on knowing God and knowing the gospel. Working to that same aim. Uh, aligning their wills to God's will. So that they'll be ready uh, for eternity. On board with God's gospel project. Why? Verse 11. So that they'll be filled with fruit. Filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ. To the glory and praise of God. So this is why it has to be a vine. <laughs> the inevitable result of all this growth is fruit. This vine, this plant produces fruit. As for the, the righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ. I think Paul's talking about that restored relationship. That right standing before God. That not guilty verdict that we have in Jesus we are to bear the fruit that comes from being his saved people. So we might think of the fruit of the Spirit in Galatians 5. Uh, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. In other words, being like Jesus. Living like Jesus did. And all of it 
as he says, to the glory and praise of God. What a prayer that is. What a prayer that is. Do you want to be in a church full of people like that? Do you want Windsor Baptist to be a church like that? Of course, there's room for praying about exams and about church minibuses and all of that. Cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. But will you pray like this? Will you pray this prayer for each other at Windsor? Will you pray it for the staff and for the students at IBC, those teaching, those learning in order to serve God at home and overseas? Will you pray it for yourself? If you want to be in a church of people like this, you'll have to be a person like this. Pray this prayer for the college. Pray this prayer for your church, for your small group, for your family, for yourself. Pray, like Paul, with the priorities of the gospel. So true joy comes from partnering together in God's gospel project. Paul's led the way for us in joyfully thanking God for his gospel partners and in praying with the priorities of the gospel itself. So let's follow his lead. Let's pray now. Father, we thank you for preserving this letter for us as part of your provision for the churches through the ages. Thank you for Paul's example of absolute focus uh, on your gospel project. Please help us to become more and more invested in the gospel uh, with our characters and our knowledge, our love growing together to align us to your will and to produce that gospel fruit in us. We ask that we would experience that same gratitude and joy and affection for one another that Paul and the Philippians enjoyed. And please, Father, would it all be to your praise and glory. Amen. We're going to sing again uh, now at the end of our service. Uh, And this last hymn is all about God's work in us to make us new, to perfect us in readiness for the new creation, uh, where we will be, as as the last verse says, perfectly restored in him. Uh, So let's stand as the music starts and we'll sing to praise God. Love divine, a love's excelling, joy of heaven to earth come down. Fix in us your humble dwelling, all your faithful mercies ground. Jesus, you are all compassion, boundless love that makes us whole. Your salvation enter every trembling soul. Come, Almighty, to deliver. Let us all your grace receive. Suddenly return and never, nevermore your temples Then your new creation, pure and spotless, let us be. Let 
bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face towards you and give you peace. Amen. Please be seated. And please stay and uh, join us for coffee or tea and uh, have a chance to catch up and chat. Thank you.